Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Cold Talk. I'm your host, Cole Martin, so thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there, you can message me questions or topics that you hear in the show. You can even tweet with me during the event. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button to your alerts when the newest episodes are released. You can find the podcast on any of the major platforms out there, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, and others also out there as well. So again, make sure you hit that subscribe and our follow button. Also, I want to thank my brother Landon Martin for the amazing artwork on the page. Just to see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Lamb. That is at M-R-F-A-N-C-Y-L-A-N. Give it up on today's episode. We'll be talking about Week 10 in the NFL. Yes, everybody, we have hit double digits in the NFL season total. We are over halfway through the season. Everybody has hit the eight, nine, or ten game, or eight or nine game mark at this point in the season. So we are at the halfway point. So a lot of things to be decided now here in the second half. We'll see if some teams can turn around. What teams will fall apart here in the second half? That is the question as we get ready for a playoff run for pretty much almost every team in the league right now, because every team is almost still in the playoff run. Which we'll go over that in a second here, but for week 10 we're going to go over everybody's performance from last week's and their stories as well. And we'll also decide who is going to win here in week 10 of the NFL season. But before we get too far in that, let's take a look at where everybody stands right now at the halfway point in the standings. Uh, a lot of divisions close, a lot of them have some separation as well. But it should be a lot of fun to watch how these teams will do at the during the second half of the season. But let's take a look at the AFC South first, where we have the excuse ABC North first, I should say. And we'll start off with the leading Baltimore Ravens, who currently sit at 6-3, but don't have too big of a lead because the Cincinnati Bengals are clawing at their heels at 5-4. So we'll see the Bengals be able to chase down the Ravens here at some point this season and be able to take that division lead from them. Cleveland's sitting back there about three games behind, or two and a half currently right now, behind the Baltimore Ravens. The Pittsburgh Steelers sitting in last place at 2-6. In the south, we have the Tennessee Titans leading the way by about a game and a half over the Indianapolis Colts at 3-5-1 as the Jacksonville Jaguars sit back two games behind the Titans at 3-6. So again, only two games back and still have a chance to get into the division lead at some point. With about eight, uh, seven, was it seven or eight games to go for a lot of these teams, so let's see if they'll be able to do anything. Then also, Houston Texans sitting at the bottom of that list with the worst record, I believe, currently in the NFL at one six and one. And for probably the toughest division in all of the NFL right now, the AFC East. I know it's been a while since we said that because whenever Brady was playing, there was one of the weakest divisions in the NFL. But currently, the Buffalo Bills lead the way at six and two. The pair of teams sitting at six and three. The New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins hanging in there currently, only a half a game back of the Bills. So let's see if they can make a run here. Maybe give some Bills some trouble. We know the Jets did last week, which we'll go over that one here in a little bit for both those teams. But again. Jets getting a big win over the Bills and cutting down that lead for both the Dolphins and the Jets. And also the Patriots picking up a win that last week, only two games back of the Bills as they go to 5-4 and four on the season. In the AFC West, we have the Kansas City Chiefs leading the way in that one at 6-2. and two. The Treasures are close behind, only a game back at 5-3. and three. 
Denver trying to hang in there. They are at 3-5 and five right now with the Raiders, who should have a better record than they have right now after giving up three 17-point leads this season, are at a 2-6 and six record. And we take a look at the wild card right now. If those teams that are not the division leaders, the wild card would go like this, and the fifth seed would be the New York Jets. The sixth seed, the Miami Dolphins, and the final seed that make the playoffs right now would be the Los Angeles Chargers. In the 8th seed, we have the Pitts, uh, New England Patriots. And ninth seed is the Cincinnati Bengals. So again, a lot can change here in this wild card with time here. Again, the Bengals, who are right now set at 5-4. and four. Yeah, they're feeling comfortable right now being at that 5-4 and four mark. But again, there's other teams as well that could easily take that spot away if they slip up at all. Again, if Denver can get the, anything rolling, they can make it run for it. If even the Colts or Jags can figure something out, as <laughs> we had some storylines for the Colts here as they've had some issues so far with uh, coaching, as we'll talk about that again in a little bit. But again, Colts have a new man in charge, and we'll see if he will lead this team up to maybe a wild card, even possibly winning the division as well. So a lot of things to talk about, but those are your main teams in the wild card right now that are in contention for it, that are looking pretty good right now. But again, both the AFC and NFC, it's anybody's still in the game for that as well. Now let's head to over to the NFC, where in the north, the Minnesota Vikings have a demanding lead in this one as they are 7-1 on the season. The two teams behind them right now, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears, both sit at 3-6. So about a, what, four and a half game lead, I believe that would be for the Minnesota Vikings. So they are looking pretty right now where they are as the Detroit Lions sit in the back of the pack at 2-6 right now but did get a big win over Green Bay last week to help them out a little bit. In the South, the weakest division in the NFL this year, we have a tie atop the stage, but currently the Tampa Bay Bucks lead the division because of a win over the Atlanta Falcons earlier this year, as both those teams are 4-5. And, and sitting behind them is the New Orleans Saints at 3-6, and, and then the Carolina Panthers sitting at the bottom at 2-7. and seven. Then we head over to the East, the probably one of the strongest divisions in the NFC, if not the strongest division in the NFC, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, I should say, the only team remaining undefeated in the NFL at this halfway mark at 8-0. They've been the longest, only team undefeated for the longest time. It seems it's like week three or four, it seems like they've been the only undefeated team. So they continue to look strong throughout this season. About to hit their halfway mark at a perfect record. But behind them, they have two teams, two games back of them, and that is the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants, both sitting at 6-2. and two, As the Washington Commanders will look to end the Eagles' perfect season this week. As the four and five commanders take them Eagles on on Monday night football, and on in the West we have the surprising the most surprising team in the NFL at the halfway point would be the Seattle Seahawks who are six and three coming into this week as they lead the division over the San Francisco 49ers who are four and four so the Niners sit a game and a half back of the Seahawks and another team that's probably surprising this year is the Los Angeles Rams who are 3 and 5 at this point in the season so the Rams continue to struggle and another team that should have been a, you would think about them around 500 was the Arizona Cardinals who currently sit at 3 and 6 right now. If we take a look at the wild card currently for the NFC, the Cowboys would be the number 5 seed, Giants number 6 seed and the last seed in the playoffs currently right now would be the 49ers as the 7th seed, 8th seed would be the 4 and 5 Falcons. And ninth is the Commanders, and tenth is the Rams. So, like I mentioned, the Rams, even though they only have, they are currently three and five on the season, they are still in the hunt for the playoffs. They're only a couple games back. Uh, actually, only I think only a game back of the 49ers, if I am correct. 
So again, they're not too far off. They can still make a run for it. Every team still has a chance at this halfway point. They just got to turn things around here coming into the second half of the season. But again, everything is super close. Uh, majority of these divisions are up for grabs besides probably the NFC North because the Vikings are running away with that one pretty quickly at this rate. But again, should be a fun to watch to see what's going to happen with these uh, standings through the second half of the season. We'll probably go back over the standings on this show, probably week 13 or 14 to kind of look at the playoff run for each of the teams as well and kind of figure out who's in and who's out of the playoffs as well. But again, we'll take a look back at this one here in a couple of weeks. But let's take a look at the midseason awards, awards now too. Now, I agree to some people on these, and I disagree to some people on others, so I'll let you guys be the judge on this one. Again, if you like, if, if you think I'm wrong, or you think someone else should be the MVP that I'm not naming off, you let me know in the comments section, and I'd love to hear what you guys have to say on who you think the MVP and all these awards should go to. But let's start off with the MVP of the NFL right now, and I think that one's a pretty obvious one right now. There's only one undefeated team remaining, and someone is leading that team. That is the Jalen Hurts. He has had a great year so far. So currently he's thrown for 2,042 yards, which is 10th in the NFL. He has 12 touchdowns, only two interceptions on the season. A 68% completion, which is 6th in the NFL. A 107.8 QBR rating, which is 2nd in the NFL. He's also got 326 rushing yards and 6 touchdowns. And again, this team being undefeated without Jalen Hurts, it seems like this team would not be where they are right now. Uh, he's been playing out of his mind this year and playing very good. He's not been playing like cricket and crazy stats, of course, but he's playing at a good portion where he knows he can help his team win week in and week out. And that is what he's doing, and that is why I believe he would be the MVP of the NFL right now. He's the most important player on that team, obviously. And without him, I don't know if that team would be where they are at this point. Offensive player of the year, again, another simple one in my opinion. Currently, that has to be Tyree Kill. He has been absolutely playing out of his mind in Miami. Currently, this so far this year, he has 76 catches, which is first in the NFL, 1,104 yards, which is first in the NFL, and three touchdowns. So again, at the halfway point, this guy almost pretty much has, could will be looking at getting 2,000 yards on the NFL season, which would, of course, break the record. I think that's at 1,946, somewhere around that mark with Calvin Johnson. If I'm correct, I can't, I can't have top of my head, but he is now currently on pace to do that. Tyreek Hill has been playing absolutely incredible. Let's see if he can keep it going here for the second half of the season, but he is easily the Offensive Player of the Year. Now, Divas of Player of the Year is where I start disagreeing with some people here because this one is a coin toss in my opinion, but right now, currently Defensive Player of the Year after last week. I'm going to go with Matthew Judon for the New England Patriots. Uh, just because I think he's been a big force for that defense, and he's been a big force on the defensive side. Currently, right now, he is 100. Uh, excuse me, 111.5 sacks on the season, which is first currently in the NFL. 35 tackles, 10 tackles for a loss, which I don't get how that works unless he sacked him at the line of scrimmage, I guess. But either way, he has, from according to ESPN, he has 10 tackles for a loss, three pass, pass deflections, and a fumble force. Now, the other argument for this one would be Mitchell Mika Parsons, who is also having a good year. Eight sacks, 36 tackles, eight tackles for a loss, two pass deflections, two fumbles forced, and a touchdown as well on the season. So I think these two are neck and neck with each other. But after last week, I think Matthew Judon took a little advantage, a little lead. I think he had two and a half sacks last week, I want to say Judon had. He had quite at least two sacks last week, I know that. Uh, but again, Judon looking impressive so far this year. I'm going to give him the slight edge over Mika Parsons. If it went the other way, I would not be surprised. Again, uh, currently, I'm going to go with Judon in my choice to be the Defensive Player of the Year as of right now. As the Patriots are starting to make their way upwards. and Both these teams without their defense for the Cowboys and the Patriots, they would not be anywhere right now because these teams would be struggling. 
Uh, but again, the Patriots have been getting in games, especially last week, because of their defense, because their offense could not find the end zone, it seems like, right now. Although they can get field goals, and this defense has been doing a good job stopping opposing offenses from getting in the end zone as well. As for the rookie of the year right now, again, this one could go up in the air between two running backs, but right now, I'm going to go with Damian Pierce. Uh, he has total this year 138 attempts, 678 yards, and six currently in the NFL, 4.6 yards per carry. Three touchdowns at 84.8 yards per game. Uh, I think he's been incredible for the Texans all season long. If it wasn't for his running, they wouldn't have a tie or a win this year. I think they would be oh, they wouldn't have a win at all this year. But thanks to him, he's been doing absolutely incredible so far this year. And I think he does have the advantage right now. But the way Kenneth Walker has been playing, the third has been playing recently. It's hard to go against him as well too. He has 111 carries on the season, 570 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. And seven touchdowns on the season. Yes, he has more touchdowns. That, that doesn't prove anything in my opinion. But Kenneth Walker has a good for the Seattle team. has been helping out the Seattle team quite a bit. But they were looking good before he was out there. That's why I'm going to give the rookie of the year to Damian Priest currently right now. But if Kenneth Walker keeps on doing what he's doing, I would have to give it to him, I feel like. Because he has been playing absolutely incredible. Uh, so again, we'll see how Kenneth Walker continues to play through the next couple weeks. And same with uh, Pierce as well. But both these guys... Easily are the favorites for Rookie of the Year as of right now. Uh, again, Offensive Rookie Player of the Year. It's got to go to going to go who I think is going to be Rookie of the Year. That'd be Pierce right now. Uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to give to Sauce Gardner. He's been playing absolutely incredible for the Jets right now. Uh, in as a defensive back, he's been first in the league in pass deflections with 13. Also has a pair of interceptions on the season. So the rookie looking like an All Star already for that defense. If anybody's behind him right now, that would probably be Edith and Aiden Hutchinson. He's been having a good year so far. Four and a half sacks and an interception on the season as well. So again, both these rookies looking pretty good in their starts of their career. Uh, both making big, making impacts on the defensive side of the ball. So let's see if those two can keep it going here for the second half of the season and continue to improve. Also, comeback player of the year. Easily going to the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Geno Smith. Incredible year for him so far. A lot of people counted this team out at the beginning of the season, but he has been doing a great job to help this team. 1,924 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, 72.7% policing percentage, 172, 707.2 QBR rating, and 1,508, oh, excuse me, 158 yards rushing and a touchdown. So an incredible beginning of the year for Geno Smith. We'll see if he can keep it going as this season goes along. But again, he currently has the Seattle Seahawks with Kenneth Walker in the NFC West lead. We'll see if they can keep that up and keep stay ahead of the 49ers. And for coach of the year, easy that one's going to New York Giants coach uh, Brian DeBall, who has been absolutely incredible as the coach there in New York. 6-2 so far this season, which is incredible seeing where they were last year with only four wins. They clipped that quickly in the season and now currently in the wild card right now, chasing after the Philadelphia Eagles where they are two games back of, but they have still have a chance to get that division win if the Eagles start to fall here at some point. Also this offense, they are fourth in fourth number four running offense in the league right now and also the number nine defense when it comes to points per game so again this team looking very good going into this season let's see that we're able to keep it up going into the second half but right now coach the ball doing a great job uh carrying this team to where they are right now so again coach of the year brian the and that is all the awards right now. Again, if you agree or disagree with any of them, let me know in the comments. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say on who you think that these awards should go to. If you think differently from me, if you think there's somebody else I did not list here at all or mention who you think should be winning any of these awards, 
Uh, there's a could be a few maybe I missed that I didn't look fully at. I know I was thinking Jeff and Jefferson at one point, but looking at Tyreek Hill's stats, I don't think Jefferson has a chance to keep up with him in my own opinion. But again, let me hear what you guys have to say. If there's anything different that I, you guys think that from me, again, leave it in the comments below. But let's get into week 10 in the NFL as we do have four teams on by this week that are going to get some beautiful rest. And I think this is the first time I've seen this, but I think every team that's on by this week picked up a win last week. So let's go over each of those teams and we'll start off with the Cincinnati Bengals who come into their bye week at 5-4, and four, picking up a huge win against the Panthers, 42-21. to 21. And this game, Joe Mixon had the biggest game of probably going to be of his career as he just went absolutely off in this one. Joe Mixon for 153 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Yes, four touchdowns, but oh, he was not done there. He had four receptions for 58 yards and another touchdown to add in that one. So five total touchdowns on the day. So I had the day, Joe Mixon. I believe that was a franchise record as well for most touchdowns by a player in a game. So congratulations to Joe Mixon on that one. Uh, what an incredible game. I know everybody who had him in fantasy were pretty happy on that day as well. So Joe Mixon having a monster game against the Panthers. Quarterback Joe Burrow also looking good in this one. 22 for 28, 206 yards, one touchdown throwing, and also had a touchdown on the ground as well. What is it for T. Higgins leading the way, receiving with seven receptions for 60 yards. And running back Sumai J. P. Ryan with a 51 yards rushing on the ground as well. So Carolina, uh, excuse me, uh, Cincinnati continuing to look more impressive as the season has been going along. Now they're trying to keep stride with the Baltimore Ravens, who they are sitting behind a very injury-prone Baltimore Ravens, I should mention as well, as they continue to chase them and see if they'll be able to pass them here for that AFC North Division lead. Next team on bye is the New England Patriots, who also come in their bye week at 5-4. They were able to beat this Indianapolis Colts 26-3 in this one. Quarterback Mac Jones, 147 yards passing, one touchdown, was sacked four times this game. Uh, but thankfully he had some help from his defense and other players as well. His defense did a great job, of course, getting... Uh, I think the defense had nine sacks total in this game, which is absolutely insane. Running back Ramondre Stevenson with six, 60 yards rushing, also had a receiving touchdown in this game. Tight end Hunter Henry, four receptions for 50 yards. Thank you, Nick Folk. A big factor in this game is he went four for four on field goals in the game. Also, quarterback Jonathan Jones with a 17-yard interception return for a touchdown. And then a pair of defensive players just went off for the New England Patriots. Linebacker Josh Ucci went three sacks in the game. And also linebacker Matthew Judon, uh, Gen, uh, Judon, excuse me, I don't know why I messed that name up so badly. Matthew Judon, like I mentioned earlier, my currently my defensive player of the year right now. Three sacks in the game against the Colts. Again, this defense just went off on this Colts team and helped the Patriots pick up the win in this one. And the weird thing is they have a winning record but sit last in their division but only sit two games behind the Buffalo Bills. So, again, everybody in that AFC East in the running for that, that division championship. So, we'll see if who will be able to do that. If the Patriots will be able to make the run here at the end of the season. But currently, right now, they're going to have to get that passing game going if they want to stand a chance, I believe, for that division championship. Speaking of that division, the New York Jets also on bye this week as they go to their bye week at 6-3. and three. They were able to beat the division leader, the Buffalo Bills, 20-17. Wide receiver Garrett Wilson had a good game. Eight receptions for 92 yards. Quarterback Zach Wilson for a, threw for 154 yards, one touchdown, but did lose a fumble in that game. Running back Michael Carter leading the backfield with 76 yards rushing in a touchdown. And running back James Robinson, the new acquiree on the team after from the trade deadline. He had a reception 
in this receiving touchdown in this game as well. I believe this is the second game with the team uh, making an impact in the second game, getting a touchdown in that one. As the Jets, again, doing what they need to do to hang in the games and somehow stick in there and win it. The Jets' defense looked really good. Sauce Gardner, again, my defense, a rookie defensive player of the year, looked incredible in this game, was able to pick off Josh Allen in that game. And the Bill Jets were just able to hang in there and beat the Bills, now sitting a game back of the Bills. So we'll see if the Jets can keep the ball rolling here at the, in the second half of the season and try to keep up with them and possibly get make a shock us all and win the AFC East. And last but not least is the division-leading AFC North division-leading Baltimore Ravens at 6-3. They were able to beat the Saints on Monday Night Football last week, 27-13. Running back Kenny, Kenny on Drake leading the way in that one, 93 yards rushing, two touchdowns in the game. Quarterback Lamar Jackson, not the best game for him. 133 yards passing, one touchdown, also 82 yards rushing. Tight end Isaiah Likely, one reception for 24 yards. That one catch was for a touchdown. And linebacker Justin Houston being a big factor on the defensive side with two and a half sacks in the game. But the Saints, again, kick up a win. Thanks, probably more than likely, thanks to their defense and running game. Uh, it's going to be a hard season for Lamar Jackson because this team is without quite a few receivers right now. I'd be guessing Mark Andrews will be back after the bye week, which will be a big help for this Baltimore Ravens team. But they have announced that Rashad uh, Bateman will be out for the remainder of the season with a foot injury. So that's a big loss for Lamar Jackson and company on this offensive side because that is his number one receiver if you don't count Mark Andrews, who is a tight end. But either way, a big loss for this Ravens team. So now they got to have some people step up here if they're going to compete and be able to try to stay ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals team. But should be a fun thing, one to watch between the Ravens and Bengals and see who is going to have the bigger advantage coming out of this bye week. But again, the Baltimore Ravens lead the AFC North coming into their bye week at 6-3. and three. Now let's get into the games this week in the NFL. A total of 14 games on the schedule this week. And we're going to start off with a battle in the NFC South on Thursday Night Football. Where the 4-5 uh, and five Atlanta Falcons take on the 2-7 and seven Carolina Panthers. Yes, this game could be a snooze fest a little bit, people. So be prepared for maybe another uh, pretty boring Thursday Night Football game. But we'll have to wait and see what these teams will do. Because last time these two played, it came down to a Hail Mary from the Carolina Panthers. Who forced it to overtime from P.J. Walker to... Um, that would have been DJ Moore to tie the game up. We had missed extra point by Carolina Panthers because of a penalty on the touchdown celebration. That sent it to overtime, which would see the Panthers miss a field goal, which allowed the Falcons to kick a field goal and win that one. So yes, last time they played, it was a fun high-scoring game. We'll see if we'll see it again this week. Uh, but this time, they'll be in Carolina. As for the Falcons last week, they suffered a loss to the Chargers 20-17. to That's a very popular score this week. I think about four or five games ended 2017 this week. I don't know. I think it's the most I've ever seen one score happen in an entire week, which is absolutely crazy. But again, this game ending 2017, just like many others this week, last week in the NFL. Running back Tyler Algar with 99 yards rushing in the game. Quarterback Marcus Mariota struggled with this one for only throwing for 129 yards. Running back Cordell. Cordier. Uh, Cordell. Uh, I, I can't say his name right now. My tongue's getting twisted. Cordarial Patterson with two touchdowns in the game. Tight end Kyle Pitts with two receptions for 27 yards as well. So great to see Patterson back on the field for the Atlanta Falcons. He's been missed by this backfield. He was behind Algier, I believe, in this game more than anything. I think Algier got, Algier got, excuse me, Algier uh, got more carries in the game than Patterson. But overall, both these backs, I think they're going to be splitting carries. I 
throughout the season. I think just kind of keep them both a little bit healthy and kind of make sure no one gets hurt. So don't be surprised if they have about split carries throughout the rest of the season. But again, offense not be able to get things going here once again this week. Kyle Pitts, the leading receiver with only 27 yards, is not a good look for this Atlanta team. They got to figure out how to get Mariota going here once again. Uh, that is probably one of the main reasons they lost this game. They didn't have a running game, thankfully, but they were not able to do anything else besides that, allowing the Chargers to pick up the win in this one. And now the Falcons lose that NFC South Division lead and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take over that. As for the Carolina Panthers, they suffered a loss to the Bengals 42-21 to last week. Quarterback P.J. Walker just playing awful on this one. He was 3 for 10 for 9 yards and 2 interceptions of the game. He would get benched for quarterback Baker Mayfield, who had 100, Baker Mayfield, I should say, who had 155 yards passing and 2 touchdowns. Wide receiver Terrence Marshall Jr. with 3 receptions, 53 yards and a touchdown. Quarterback Deontay Foreman with 23 yards rushing only in the game. And tight end Tommy Trumbull and running back Raheem Blackshear with a touchdown each in the game as well. So now the question coming to this game, who is going to be starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? Well, it has been announced and it will be P.J. Walker again, which is shocking to me because I guess maybe when Baker came out, maybe it was uh, the backup sin. So Baker was just looking good because of that because they were up 35-0 at half the Bengals. But I'm shocked that they're going to put P.J. Walker back in again. This might be a one-quarter C-show maybe you can do one more time or your bench kind of thing against the Falcons. So... We'll wait and see, but I would not be surprised to see Baker and Mayfield go out of the field in this one if that is going to be the case. Uh, but this should be a little bit more of an interesting one to watch. It could be, again, it could be a snooze fest. It could be a shootout. Who knows what it's going to look like. But in this one, I feel like I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons winning this game. Actually, well, ah, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with my gut. Atlanta Falcons win this game. I want to say I'm going to go with Carolina because they're at home, but... If, it depends, I guess, how long P.J. Walker plays for. Because if P.J. Walker plays like he did last week and they put ba Baker Mayfield in too late, it could be mean some trouble for this team. It all depends on Marcus Mariota, in my opinion, honestly. If he can play a good game passing the ball, I think they'll be fine. I think that's just the key thing. you got to get Kyle Pitts and everybody involved in this game as well. But I'm going to go with the Carolina Atlanta Falcons in this one. Barely. <laughs> Falcons in this one. Again, this is one of those games that could go either way, in my opinion. But I think I'm going to guess that Walker's probably going to get benched at halftime or sometime before that. Baker's going to take control, and I feel like Baker might lead this team to a win and get the confidence back of his teammates. But again, we'll have to wait and see. But again, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons win this game. And trying to stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for that division later as the Carolina Panthers continue to struggle. Speaking of those Buccaneers, they get ready for a Sunday morning game in Germany at 9.30 a.m. in the East Coast where the Seattle Seahawks, the 6-3 division NFC West leading Seahawks, will take on the leading uh, leaders of the NFC South, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 4-5 on the season. Last week, the Seahawks were able to beat division rival Arizona Cardinals 31-21 to to sweep them on the season. Quarterback Geno Smith. Another great game for him. 26 for 34, 275 yards passing, two touchdowns and interception. Running back Kenneth Walker III having another great game. 109 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Tight end Noah Fant, not five receptions for 96 yards, leading the receivers. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett, five receptions, 67 yards and one touchdown. Also wide receiver DK Metcalf having a touchdown in this game. And all right, let's see if I can get this one right for two weeks in a row. Linebacker Uchenna. Uh, Nooso with two sacks in the game. Ochenna Nooso. Let me say that quickly so I make sure it's on correctly. He had two sacks in the game. I think that's back-to-back -back weeks. He's had two sacks, and you'll hear 
a lot of names from last week being on this week's list as well. I think there was three or four players that had two sacks last, at least a second half or more last week that are on this list once again this week. So make sure you keep an eye on some of those guys' names. But again, Nuoso with two sacks and that one as a big win for the Seahawks as they were able to beat the Cardinals once again. And again, the Seahawks, week in, week in, week out, continue to prove that we are a team to be reckoned with here in the NFL. A team that a lot of people didn't think was going to be anything. They probably may have been the worst team in the NFL this year before this run they had. Uh, they've actually looked absolutely incredible. Geno Smith is continuing to look good for the Seattle team as this team just continues to look better and better each week. As for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were able to win in the last minute as they beat last year's Super Bowl champions to get revenge for their eliminate, being eliminated by the Rams last year as they beat them 16-13. to Quarterback Tom Brady in the game, 280 yards passing and one touchdown as he reaches the 100,000-yard mark in his passing yards in his career. So congratulations to Tom Brady on that one. The only quarterback to reach that mark, and I don't know how far he is from everybody else on that list, but he's probably a ways away from the second place person in that one. But again, congratulations to Tom Brady on reaching that milestone, one that probably won't be touched here for a little while at least, but we'll have to wait and see if anybody can even reach that. But again, Tom Brady continuing to look great in his career. Uh, yes, the team is struggling, but again, he's not been turning the ball over too much, which has been a good thing. So Again, can't be complaining about the way he's playing if he's not turning the ball over. And But some receivers had, he had to get some receiving help in this one because his main receivers were not the key receivers in this game. Tending Cade Adam with five receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. The game-winning touchdown in that one with about 20 seconds left in the game. And wide receiver Scotty Miller came absolutely out of nowhere after this game. Seven receptions, 53 yards, and I believe all seven of those receptions came on the final two drives of the game. I think he had four straight catches at one point on the second from last drive, and Scotty Miller just looked absolutely incredible uh, on in the end of that game. So we'll see if he gets more receiving time, time playing with Tom Brady, because it seems like Godwin, Evans, and Julio just can, are not on the same page with Tom Brady so far this year. Still, for some reason, there's been a lot of drop passes by them. So Brady needed some help for some other receivers, and he got it at the end of this one. Running back Rashad White leading the backfield in this one with only 27 yards rushing in the game. But defensive tackle, Vita Vea, with two sacks in the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The big man getting back there and sacking Stafford. And also kicker Ryan Suckup with three for four on field goals in the game. Yes, not another pretty game on the offensive side for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they did just enough. And Brady led that team downfield like he's done so many times. I believe now that was his 69th game-winning drive of his career, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, Don Brady probably leading the NFL history books in that one as well. But again, he leads his team downfield. They pick up the win. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right uh, off their losing three-game losing streak. And now continue to see what they can try to do what, do what they can to try to control that division now. Even though with four and five, a losing record, they control that division. they got to try to get things rolling here the next couple weeks. And they are in a tough challenge here against the Seattle Seahawks. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do have one of the better defenses in the league. So we'll see if they can try to do something as a Seattle team. It just all depends on how this Tampa Bay offense can look in this one. And I believe they're going to put on a show for the Germany, both the Seahawks and Buccaneers. But in this one, I am going to go with Tampa Bay picking up the win in this one. I think the Seattle defense has had its struggles still. I think Tampa Bay should be able to point them out. I would think they would be able to. We'll have to wait and see. But both these teams have some goody, pretty good offensive weapons. It should be interesting to watch and see how these teams, two teams do. I think this game will be a close one, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay winning this one. I think Tom Brady will play better this week. I would hope he has at least multiple touchdowns this game as well. We'll have to see. But again, I'm expecting Brady to continue with his hot streak and continue what he's doing here. I would say hot streak. He's been playing good at least himself. He hasn't been turning the ball over, I should say. I expect him to continue doing that in this one. And I'm going to go to Tampa Bay win this one by 
probably about three to seven points. There ain't gonna be anything too crazy. I think it will be a close game at the end because Seattle has proved they are a good team so far this year. But I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay pick up the win in this one and getting back to 500 with that win as well. Now let's head over to our 1 p.m. games and probably the game of the week in the NFL. We will kick off with which is the seven and one. NFC North leading Minnesota Vikings take on the AFC East leading Buffalo Bills at 6-2. Last week, Minnesota was able to beat the Commanders 20-17. Like I mentioned, we'll be mentioning that number a lot in this uh, episode. Quarterback Kirk Cousins going against his formal team through for 265 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson continue to look good. Seven receptions for 115 yards and one touchdown. And the new player on the team, tight end TJ Hawkinson. So hard to say that as a Detroit Lions fan to say he's on a new team. In his first game with the Minnesota Vikings, especially in the NFC North as well. So I had to see him play against the Lions later on this year in December. Uh, in this game, Hawkinson had nine receptions for 70 yards. Wide receiver Adam Thielen with three receptions for 67 yards. Running back Delvin Cook rushed for 47 yards but did have a receiving touchdown. And linebacker Daniel Hunter with two sacks in the game as well. As for Buffalo last week, they suffered a big loss to AFC division rival Jets, 20-17. Quarterback Josh Allen, 205 yards passing, two interceptions in the game, one of them sacked five times, so a lot of pressure in the backfield caused by the Jets on Josh Allen, which made him feel uncomfortable. He had eight, 86 rushing yards in the game as well, Allen, and he had two touchdowns on the ground, so scoring both the scores for Buffalo in that one. And wide receiver Stephon Diggs in the game, did everything he could do. Five receptions for 93 yards in that one. But there is some news coming out with Josh Allen. As I believe he has a injured UCL. I believe that's in his arms. So we'll see if that has any issue with him playing this week. Because there is talks that he is day-to-day and might not be able to play. If he doesn't play, Case Keenum would be the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, currently, we'll see if he is going to be able to play. But is... We'll have to see what the injury is, I guess. Again, it's a UCL injury, so we'll have to see if he will be good to go in this one. But he is day-to-day, but that arm obviously is bothering him. So that would be a huge loss for the Bills. So, again, I think this game comes down to who plays that quarterback for the Bills at this rate. If Josh Allen plays, again, even if Josh Allen plays, if he's going to be okay to help out this team. Because again, if there's anything lingering to that arm injury and he takes a good enough hit, he could uh, feel some pain from it. And even when he's throwing the ball, he could feel something from it. So in this one, I think either way, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings pick up the win on the road in this one. I think they got a little bit of a blessing with Josh Allen being hurt. Of course, I hope Allen gets okay because he, again, is one of the star players in the NFL right now. You don't want to see one of those guys go down because it's always a devastating thing to see. But Minnesota on this offense has looked very good so far this year. Bills defense has looked very good as well this year. So it's going to be a battle between this Minnesota offense and this Bills defense. Uh, of course, if this team was 100% healthy, the Bills, I would 100% go with them. But with Josh Allen having a lingering injury, I can see an upset happening in Buffalo. I see the Vikings pick up the win in this one. They go to 8-1 and one in the season. And, and this, will be, this will still be a close one, in my opinion, no matter what. This will be a three-point game around there at the end. But the Vikings, I can see going on the road and upsetting the Buffalo Bills and going to 8 and 1 on the season. Up next we have a battle in the NFC North and a game I'm excited for this weekend cuz my Detroit Lions at 2 and 6 will take on the Chicago Bears at 3 and 6. Last week the Lions were able to beat the Green Bay Packers 15 to 9. That's music to my ears as running back Jamal Williams 81 yards rushing in that game. Quarterback Jared Goff 137 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. Also wide receiver Amara Amon Ross St. Brown with four receptions, 55 yards, and tight end James Mitchell, 
and Z Shane Z uh, Zeldstraw with a touchdown in that game. Two guys I never even heard. Oh, I heard of Mitchell because of the draft. I never heard of Zeldstraw before the game. So good. Those both those guys getting the first career touchdowns in that game. So congratulations to both of them. Also safety Kirby Joseph with two interceptions in that game. Two big picks off Aaron Rodgers. So again, Detroit picking up a big win against the Packers, a much-needed win as their first win since week two of the season when they were 1-1. One and one. So Lions get back on the, their winning ways. As for Chicago, they put out a game against the Dolphins but could not hang on as they would lose at home 35-32 to the Miami Dolphins. Quarterback Justin Fields did everything he could on the ground to win this game. He ran for 178 yards, also got a touchdown. Also threw for 123 yards and three passing touchdowns because I think the Dolphins defense was expecting Justin Fields to run the ball more. As for wide receiver Darnell Mooney, he had seven receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. And tight end Cole Komet with two touchdowns this game as well. So interesting this game will be, in my opinion, because yes, the Lions defense looked a lot better last week, but will they really now be able to gain Justin Fields? As my, being a fan of the Detroit Lions, I've seen how the Lions do against running QBs and they seem like they like to struggle against those guys. So I'm going to guess the game plan this week will be Justin Fields to run the ball once again. Uh, I'm really hoping that the Lions defense steps up for this week to stop him. Uh, this will be a close game. This game will come down to the wire. It all depends on that Bears defense in my opinion. Oh boy. But because I'm going to be at this game, I'm going to go up to the Detroit Lions because I don't want to see my Lions lose that game, of course. Uh, this will be a close game. I think it is going to come down to Justin Fields against that Lions defense. If the Lions can contain Justin Fields, that is going to be the key thing. If they can contain Justin Fields, I will feel more confident. Of course, we also got to keep an eye on Clay uh, uh, Claypool in this game as well. Chase Claypool, who is a, the newest acquiree for the Bears. He was a little involved last week, but he'll be a lot more involved here against the Detroit Lions. So we'll see what the game plan for the Bears will be. This will be a close one, but only because I'm going to be at the game. I'm going to go with the Lions, but again... Without, I would not be shocked if the Bears win this game at all. Justin Fields runs all over them. Would not be shocked at all in that one. But I'm going to go with my gut. And I'm going to go with my Lions picking up a win on the road. A much needed win on the road against the Bears. And it's going to be cold there as well, which I'm not excited for. But it should be a fun one to watch. But I think the Lions are going to pick up the win in this one by the chin of their chinny chin chin. The hair on their chinny chin chin, I should say. As they will move to 3-6 and six on the season. Next, we have the Denver Broncos, who I did not put the record on here, so I'll take that quick look at that run real quick. As they all take on the Tennessee Titans at 5-3, the Broncos currently, where are they at up here? They would be at a record of 3-5 on the season. So a pretty decent matchup here for both these teams. As last week, Denver on a bye, so trying to get some rest as they were able to put a win before their bye. So after going to London, they got some rest. Leading the way for this team currently right now is quarterback Russell Wilson with 1,694 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions, which is tied for a ninth in the NFL, with least interceptions in the NFL, I should say. But his QBR rating has been awful this year with a 36, which is early 28th in the NFL. So Russell Wilson not playing too well at quarterback so far this year. As if you haven't noticed yet, he has been having some struggling times at times, which is not what they paid him that much money to do. But for running back, Melvin Gordon, the, thir the third leading back for the team, only having 263 yards rushing and two touchdowns. They need to get some running game going as well. That's been an issue for this Broncos team, so we'll see if he will be able to lead this backfield and help them out a little bit more as things go on throughout the season. As their leading receivers right now, wide receiver Cortland Suns with three, 35 receptions, 467 yards, and a touchdown. Also, pretty much right behind him is wide receiver Jerry Judy, 30 receptions, 449 yards, and three touchdowns. So again, a lot of struggles on this team so far as we go over their 
totals for each of the sides of the ball, as we'll start off with the offense, averaging 329 yards per game, which is 20th in the NFL, 220 passing yards per game, which is 19th. 108 rushing yards, which is 20th, and the big thing is points per game, which they only... Okay, I must have looked that one up wrong, because I have 30 on that one. That I think we had to flip that around. I I don't know what I put for that one, why I put 30 there. But either way, they, from what I looked at, they were 30th in the NFL. I think that's why I meant to put 30th in the NFL, and I put 30, point, 30 points per game they've had. So if I'm guessing the 30th, probably around... 15 to 16, I believe, points per game that would be. I don't know how I messed that one up. But they are 30th in the NFL for points per game. That has been a huge issue why this offense is struggling. And that is why they are where they are record-wise on the season. But the defense has been a major high spot for this team. As they've only allowed 288 yards per game, which is second in the NFL. 166 passing yards per game, which is first in the NFL. They have allowed 123, yards rush, 123 rushing yards, which is 21st. And they have allowed 16 points per game, which is second currently in the NFL. So the defense... A major help, but they're not getting the help on the offensive side of the ball points-wise, which has been a big struggle. And their turnover margin is exactly at zero. Nine turnovers on offense and defensive side of the ball. So, again, I mean, Denver Broncos just got to get that offense going if they're going to make a run here at the end of the season. They're going to have to try to do it against a pretty good Titans defense who looked good against the Chiefs last week, but they didn't lose that game 20-17 to in overtime. Running back Derrick Henry putting the team on his back once again. 115 yards rushing and two touchdowns in that game. Uh, gonna love saying this game name again. Tight end Chingozima uh, Okako with uh, one reception for 48 yards in that game. And quarterback Luis Willis getting his second start, uh, second time playing in NFL action. I think this was the second start if I remember correctly. He has 5 for 16 in this game for only 80 yards. So struggled in this one against the Chiefs. We'll see if Ryan quarterback Ryan Tannehill will be back this week because I think he'll be easing against quarterback spot back. But Winkless not looking good in this one. He was The team was relying on Derrick Henry that offensive side of the, the ball and he was not able to do enough. But they did get him to overtime at least. But which shows a lot of toughness by this Tennessee Titans defense to control this Chiefs team. But it just was not enough as the Chiefs picked up the win in that one in overtime. So again, we'll have to see if Ryan Tannehill will be back this week. I believe he would be. But this should be an interesting game as well. This Denver defense going against this Tennessee team. In my opinion, this that is going to be the issue. Is I guess if you look at the Denver's defense, they are 21st in rushing yards. So Derrick Henry could have a good running game in this one. But again, it's going to come back to how this Titans team is going to look um, passing the ball. Good news is uh, Trey, Trey Burks, uh, Trey Burks uh, uh, is going to be back for the Titans this week as he's going to be removed off IR. I don't know if he's playing this week, I guess I should say. But he is off IR, so we'll see if he will be a factor in this run. Traylon Burks, again, returning from IR. He he was practicing today from I heard, so from I'm reading, so according to Sleeper. So he should be back playing this week. So as a good weapon for Ryan Tannehill or possibly Malik Willis to have next week. I mean, I guess Ryan Tannehill will be the starting quarterback on that one. So we will see how that's going to work. But this will be a close one again, in my opinion. This one will come down to the wire. But if I'm gonna go, with, it's gonna be this is gonna be a defensive battle. I feel like at this point. But if I'm gonna go with anybody, I'm gonna go with the team that's looked the best so far this year. Yes, the Broncos had an extra week to prepare, but I'm gonna go with the Tennessee Titans winning this one. Again, it's gonna come down to how Derrick Henry does in this game, especially going against a weaker run defense. Of course, losing one of their key defensive linemen as well might be a big help for Derrick Henry with the Broncos trading away Chubb. So we'll see if that makes an impact as well. But again, we'll see how Derrick Henry can do in this one. I think he'll be a big factor in this game. I think if Ryan Tannehill can throw the ball as well, that would be a key thing in this. And if he's able to throw the ball against one of the best pass defenses in the league, we'll see. But I'm going to guarantee that the Tennessee Titans are going to focus on that ground game to try to run over this Broncos team. But I think Tennessee's going to hold on 
barely in this one as well. But I think the Titans pick up the win and move to 6-3 and three on the season. But don't be surprised if Denver gets an upset in this game as well. Up next, we have the 3-6 Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the 6-2 Kansas City Chiefs. Last week, the Jaguars were able to pick up a big win, a big comeback win over the Las Vegas Raiders, 27-20. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence looking pretty good in this one, 25 for 31 for 235 yards and a touchdown. Also ran for 53 yards in the game, but did lose a fumble as well. Quarterback Travis Etienne Jr. continue to look impressive on the ground so far this year, 109 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Christian Kirk, eight receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. And David and a guy who I mentioned last week, again having multiple sacks in a game, Dewan Smooty with two touchdowns in uh, this, uh, two, excuse me, two sacks in this game. Uh, so Smooty, again, having another great game for the Jaguars on the defensive side, getting another pair of sacks as he's helping out this team pick up a win and a good comeback. This team was down 17 to nothing at one point. They bounce back and pick up a win over the Raiders. And like I mentioned last week, the Kansas City Chiefs were able to beat the Titans on Sunday Night Football 20-17 to in overtime. Quarterback Patrick Holmes having a good game throwing the ball in this one. 446 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, four sacks. Was sacked four times this game, so he did feel some pressure in that backfield throughout this one. Did also have 63 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. If I believe I remember reading correctly, he had the third most attempts ever in an NFL game. Let me take a look at what those attempts were, Total his total passing attempts were in that game. So he threw the ball 68 times in that game. So he was 43 for 68 in that one. I believe the NFL record was 70 attempts in a game. So again, Patrick Mahomes just throwing the ball like crazy in this one as he was able to help his team pick up the win in the game. Uh, besides him, we had Travis Kelsey in this one tight end with 10 receptions for 106 yards passing. Also, Travis Kelsey set a, a benchmark with 32 games at 100 Yards receiving, which ties Rob Gronkowski for the tight end record. So again, two of the greatest tight ends I ever play the game. Now matched at 3,200-yard games. You know, Travis Kelsey's going to break that here this week or next week, probably. Because Kelsey's just been absolutely incredible. He's easily one of the top three tight ends in NFL history. And he's just going to keep on adding on to his legend as the years go on. But Travis Kelsey continuing to look good. Again, having another 100-yard game. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster continuing to look good as a chief as he had 10 receptions for 88 yards in that game. Wide receiver Miko Hardman, 6 receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. A defense and Carlos Dunlap with a sack and a half in the game as well. This one easily, no, 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 no discussion on this one. Chiefs should win this one, I think, pretty handily. Uh, I believe this will be about a 10 to 14 point win for them. Uh, the Jags, I think Trevor Lawrence might have a little bit of struggles in this one. It seems like when he goes against a decent defense, he can struggle from time to time. These Chiefs team can allow some big plays, though, against weaker teams. We've seen that in the past. So we'll see if the Jags can try to stay in this one. But I got the Chiefs winning this one by a pretty handy margin, 10 to 14 points, I would say. Uh, I think they'll give some troubles for this Jag team. But I, got, I think the Chiefs win this one pretty handily and go to 7-2 on the season. Up next, we have the Cleveland Browns, who have a record of 3-5, taking on the... Let me move to go back to where I will say about the record in there, too. The 6-3 Miami Dolphins. Last week, Cleveland was on their bye week, so they got some much-needed rest for that team. As we go over their weekly stats, it's quarterback Jacoby Brissett doing a good job filling in for Deshaun Watson until he returns. I believe that will be week 13 in the NFL. He'll be back to take on his Houston Texans. But Jacoby Brissett, so far this year, 1,862 yards passing, 7 touchdowns, 5 intersections, but a QBR rating of 61.5, which is currently 7th in the NFL. So Brissett being smart with the football when he needs to, apparently according to the QBR rating. So 
doing his job as a quarterback seems like pretty well in the top 10 of that one. Running back Nick Chubb with 149-yard attempts on the season, which is fourth in the NFL. 841 yards rushing, which is second in the NFL. And the only running back with double-digit touchdowns rushing with 10. He's first in the NFL on that one. So Nick Chubb having a very impressive year on the ground. We'll see if he can keep it going for the remainder of the season. But again, Chubb looking strong to begin the season for this Cleveland Browns team. The leading receiver right now, Amari Cooper, 39 yards receiving. 553 yards uh, catching and five touchdowns on the season, which is tied for eighth out of the receivers in the NFL right now. Also, defense the end, got Miles Garrett with seven and a half sacks on the season, which has him sixth in the NFL with two fumble forces as well, which is tied for fifth in the NFL also. Now, let's take a look at this Cleveland offense so far this year. Offensive-wise, they are 386 yards per game, which is fourth in the NFL, 221 passing yards a game, which is 16th in the NFL, 165 rushing yards per game, which is third in the NFL, and 25 points per game, which is currently seventh in the NFL. Again, a two-headed monster with Chubb and Hunt on that backfield. Both those guys have been absolutely playing pretty damn good so far this year. Uh, Joby Brissett's been doing what he needs to do when he throws the ball, as him and Cooper have been a pretty good connection. Of course, the team losing uh, TJ, uh, I mean, tight end, I should say, David Najoku, uh, for, for a little bit. He should be back here, I believe, in two more weeks, I want to say the injury was, but he could be back sooner, who knows, but Najoku has was hurt a couple weeks ago, we'll see if he'll be back the week after the bye week, or even the week after that, so I'd be, would it be surprised to see Najoku back here in about two weeks, I would say two to three weeks, so we'll wait and see how, how long it'll take for him to cover, but the Browns trying to get in contention for the playoff spot. They're going to need a big win here against the Miami Dolphins. I also should mention the Browns turnovers, which is the reason why they have the bad record they have right now, which they're negative. Uh, I believe that should be three in turnovers. I have negative four. Maybe that should be 13. Either way, they're either negative three or four on this one. My math isn't right because I didn't do the math right on one of these. But currently on here, I have nine defensive turn, uh, turnovers and 12 turnovers on the offense. I think that should be 13 if I remember looking at that correctly. But I want to say negative four overall turnover deferential for the Cleveland Browns. That is the reason why they're losing their games, obviously. If you lose a turnover battle, you'll lose games. And that is what's happening right now for Cleveland. So they're trying to turn things around against this very strong Miami team whose offense has looked absolutely incredible the last few weeks. They were able to beat the Bears 35-32. Quarterback Tua Tagaloa in that game. 302 yards passing. Three touchdowns in the game. Wide receiver Tyree kills. Seven receptions for 143 yards and one touchdown. Again, my pick for the Offensive Player of the Year as of right now. Tyree Kill has been looking absolutely incredible. His teammate, wide receiver Jalen Waddle, doing a good job playing second receiver for him. Five receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Running back Jeff Wilson Jr. of his first game, I believe, with this team. 51 yards rushing and also had a receiving touchdown with them as well. Running back Raheem Mostert, one touchdown in the game as well. And also on special teams, Andrew Von Ginkle, Jinkle with a 25-yard pump block for a touchdown. So Jinkle with a big block for the Dolphins, which ended up being the key points to help the Miami Dolphins win that game. But again, Dolphins are absolutely incredible on offense. Struggled on defense trying to stop the running game, which is going to be an issue in this one if they're going against Cleveland because you know Nick Chubb and Hunt are going to run all over this Miami defense if that's going to be the case. So this should be an offensive high-scoring game in this one. So if you have a game you want to pick the over on, I think this might be the one to do it. I'm going to see a lot of points getting scored in this one. Uh, but this should be an interesting one. Did I, ever, I forgot, did I ever go over the Cleveland Browns defense? I don't think I did in this one. Well, let's go over the Cleveland Browns defense just in case. 331 yards a uh, game. They allowed 15 points. Uh, that's 15th in the NFL. 208 passing yards is 15th to 8th in the NFL. 123 rushing yards is 22nd in the NFL. And 25 points per game, which is 24th in the NFL. I think I skipped there while I was thinking about the Miami Dolphins at one point. Uh, but that's her defensive stats. But again, not the best defense for Cleveland so far this year. Uh, but in this one... 
But both defenses are so much struggling right now. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins because they have threats on at receiving and at quarterback. They just have a uh, quarterback. Every, they just have a better overall everything on the offensive side of the ball than the Cleveland does. And I think they'll do enough to hang on in this one. Don't be surprised this game is a close scoring game as well. Uh, I think it could be. I think this could come down to at least three to seven points. But I'm going to go with Miami winning this one at home. Of course, if they have the temperature advantage, they have two making Cleveland sweat. Like crazy on their sideline. What is it? Usually like 30 degree difference between the Miami Dolphins sideline to the opponent's sideline. I, I think of what I've been seeing. But either way, I see Miami Dolphins winning this one at home and moving to seven and three on the season. Next, we have the one six and one Houston Texans heading to New York, where they'll play the six and two New York Giants. As last week, Houston put up a game against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, but were just not able to hang on as they lost that one 29 to 17. Running back Damian Pierce with 139 yards rushing that game. Again, my choice for rookie offensive rookie of the year and offensive rookie of the year. Uh, but again, Kenneth Walker is hanging in the that one very, very closely. So we'll have to keep an eye on both those guys as the season goes on. But Pierce, uh, again, or uh, yeah, Pierce, excuse me, having another great game as well. As we'll see if he'll be able to continue that in helping this team try to stay in games. Quarterback David Mills in this 154 yards passing. Two touchdowns, but did throw two interceptions in the game as well. Wide receiver Philip Dorsett leading the way with three receptions for 69 yards. Also wide receiver Chris Moore and tight end uh, Tegan Kitoriano. Kitoriano with a touchdown in that one. So let me say that again. Tegan Kitoriano. If they touched down in that game with Chris Moore. Also, deep then, Jerry Hughes with two sacks in the game as well for Houston getting after Jalen Hurts. But Houston did everything they could in this game. They tried to stay in this game with the Philadelphia Eagles. But again, that offense was a little bit too strong. Uh, then the Houston offense, just those two turnovers did not help them at all either. And that's what ended up costing this game and allowing the Eagles to run away with that one. As for the Giants last week, they had a much needed bias. They need to get some team players recovered on their team. Quarterback Daniel Jones, uh, so far having a pretty good season for the Giants. Not throwing the ball impressively with only 1,399 yards total on the season. Six touchdowns and two interceptions, which is tied for a second in the NFL with the least uh, fewest in the NFL, which I believe has to be probably number one or number two for starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But Daniel Jones doing a good job protecting the ball so far this year, which is helping this team win. For running back Shaquan Barkley of 160. Three a total attempts rushing the ball in the season, which is second in the NFL. 779 yards rushing, which is third in the NFL. And fifth and five touchdowns total in the season, which is tied for 10th in the NFL. Barkley looks like he is coming back to his form once again. So great to see him back after a couple years injury. So we'll see if Barkley can continue doing that for the second half of the season. But again, like I mentioned, rece uh, the receivers have been a huge issue for the Giants so far this year. And the leading receiver right now is Darius Slayton, who has only has 16 receptions on the season. 232 yards and a, only one touchdown. So again, the Giants are going to be any do anything this year. They're going to need some help from that passing game. And that's why I thought the Giants would go after a receiver during the trade deadline. But they did not add anybody at all. So that leaves a big question mark on who was going to be able to step up for receiving for this team. So we'll see what happens here as the season goes on. But we'll take a look at the offensive total stats for the Giants in this one. Offensive-wise, they averaged 321 yards per game, which was 24th in the NFL. 159 passing yards, which is 29th in the NFL. 161 rushing yards, which is currently 5th in the NFL. And 20 points per game, which is currently 22nd in the NFL. Luckily, they're getting some help, some help from their defense. The defense right now averaging 346 yards per game allowing, which is 17th. 208 passing yards a game, which is 16th. 137 rushing yards a game, which is 25th. And 20 points per game as well, at not, which is ninth in the NFL. So again, things are pretty even for the Giants, but they're able to sneak their way at the end of the games and win those games when they do. So the Giants could 
still have a great record, still in a chance in the NFC East, but they're going to have to step up that passing game if they're going to be able to contend with any team this year. But good news for them, they have a plus two turnover ratio, 10, turnover, 10 uh, takeaways on defense, 10 turnover, eight turnovers on offense. So that's been a key reason why they have been winning those games as well. As for this one, this could be an interesting one. And I think the one that could be very close as well, as long as they don't have turnovers by Houston, Houston doesn't turn the ball over, I think they should be fine. But again, it just depends on how the Houston team looks. And if uh, Pierce can do what he does on the ground, I think he could have a good game in this one and beat up on the Giants. But in this one, uh, <clears throat> I, I got to go with the Giants in this one. I think we could see an upset possibly in this one. It would not surprise me if the Giants got upset in this one. But coming off a of bye week, it would be... They had some extra time to recover. They have time to get ready for this one. I'm going to go with the Giants winning this one. I'm going to say Barkley's going to have a big game on the ground in this game as well. I'd say he's going to have over 100 yards rushing. But I do think the Giants win this one at home. We'll move to 7-2 and two on the season. And they will continue their hot streak in the second half of the season as well. Up next, we have the New Orleans Saints who come into this game with a record of, I believe it was 3-3. and Three and six, as they will take on the... I can't remember who I just saw who they're playing now. I should have moved up that too quickly. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they'll be playing. Uh, Pittsburgh struggling so far this year as well. They have a record of two and six on the season. Uh, last week for the Saints, they suffered a loss to the Baltimore Ravens, 27-13 on Monday Night Football. Quarterback Andy Dalton in that one, 210 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Wise for Chris Olave leading the offensive side. Position players with six receptions for 71 yards. Running back Alvin Kamara with only 30 yards rushing in the game. And for tight end Jawan Johnson, he had the lone touchdown for the Saints in that one. But again, Saints just continue to struggle in that game. Had nothing, they don't know where they could do in that one. It just seemed like Andy Dawn could not find anybody open at times against this Ravens team. The team offense just struggled overall in this one. And a lot of questions were if James Winston is going to win back his starting quarterback spot. We'll have to wait and see this week if that is a possibility or not. But as of right now, from what I what I can tell, it looks like Andy Dalton will be your main starting quarterback unless tell something is said. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one as they head to Pittsburgh this week. But for the Steelers, they were on their bye last week, so they got a much-needed break because this team has been absolutely struggling so far this year. As quarterback, the starting quarterback right now, the rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, trying to still figure things out in the NFL. So far this year, he has 962 yards passing, two touchdowns, but the big thing is eight interceptions, which is tied for 30th in the NFL. So again, one of the worst uh, turnover marks for him is uh, he's one of the worst players from the interception so far this year. And the running game not been too much of a help either. Najee Harris, 361 yards rushing and only one touchdown in the season. And their leading receiver right now, De uh, Dante jo Deontay Johnson, with 43 receptions, 372 yards, and no touchdowns on the season so far. Also tight end Pat Fryer moves, 32 receptions, 367 yards right behind him with one touchdown on the season. On the bright side, uh, safety Mika Fitzpatrick looking pretty good on the defensive side with three interceptions, which is tied for seventh in the NFL. And we'll take a look at the offensive defensive Steelers so far this year, which both of them not looking too pretty. On the offensive side, they're only getting 299 yards per game, which is 28th in the NFL. 204 passing yards per game, which is 23rd. 95 rushing yards a game, 27th. And only 15 points per game, which is 31st in the NFL. And on the defensive side, they're allowing 395 yards per game, which is 29th in the NFL. 277 passing yards, which is 31st in the NFL. 118 rushing yards, which is 16th in the NFL. And 25 points per game, which is 23rd in the NFL. And the key thing is their turnover differential, which is negative 4. The defense has taken the ball away 10 times, but the offense has given it away 14 times. So again, 
The Steelers need to figure out how to protect that ball. Maybe an extra, the bye week for Kenny Pickett will give him time to relax a little bit and get maybe some more familiarity with this uh, NFL speed of everything. But he's going to be going against a pretty good New Orleans Saints defense. So we'll see how that goes. I'm expecting them to try to get the ball as much as they can to Harris in this game. That would be my plan if I were them. Uh, but again, I just think the Saints team is going to be too much for the Steelers. I think the Saints will pick up the win in this one. I do think this could be, there is upset potential for the Steelers in this game. I think they could upset the Saints in this one, but I'd say the Saints are going to win this one by a little margin. I think the defense for the Saints is going to step up in this one, but we'll see how Kenny Pickett does, looks after the bye week. I think he should look better this week than he has looked in previous weeks, in my opinion, because of that bye week. But I still have the Saints win this one. I think the defense is just going to be a little bit too much handle for this Pittsburgh team, and I think the Saints win this one. I would say about seven points, I'm going to say, but the Saints win this game over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I do our 4 o'clock games. We'll have the start off with the Indianapolis Colts at 3-5-1. and one. We'll take on the Las Vegas Raiders at 2-6. and six. Last week, the Colts lost to the uh, New England Patriots 23-6-33. Quarterback Sam Ellinger in that one uh, struggled in this game. 103 yards passing, one interception. That's probably because he got sacked nine times in that game. So yes, you are not going to be doing too good if you can sack nine times in a game. You're going to have half your feet and think someone's out behind you at all times. Running back, also uh, Ellinger ran for 39 yards in the game as well. Uh, the running back, Deion John Jackson with Jonathan Taylor out of this game. With an ankle injury, he only ran for 39 yards in this game. Why is your Alec Pierce leading the receiving with one reception for 23 yards? And some major changes also happening for the Indianapolis Colts after this game as well. As last Tuesday, the Colts fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. And now after this game on Monday, head coach Frank Reach was fired as well. As his career with the Colts are over, he was the coach from 2018 to now this year. 40-33-1 as a record. Made the playoffs twice and went 1-2 in the playoffs. But the biggest surprise of all this is who the new head coach is, the interim head coach. And that is the former player of the Indianapolis Colts, the guy in the ring of honor. And that is Jeff Saturday, who before this game was a coach for a high school football team. Now joining the team as a head coach. So we'll see how he does as a head coach of this team. That's a very interesting call by the Colts organization. They also, I think, announced somebody... Uh, Whoever's calling the plays for this team has never called plays ever for in, in, in any football environment. So we'll see how that goes for this team as well. So a lot of crazy things happening here with uh, with the Colts. It's, they're going to just try some things out for the hell of it. Why not? They're, but the thing is, they're still in the playoff race. So it's kind of surprising they're trying these moves out. But again, we'll see how it works out for the Colts this week as they get ready for that. Uh, then we have the Las Vegas Raiders who will be taking on the Jacksonville. Who be, we lost the Jaguars last week, 27-20. Wide receiver Devontae Adams with 10 receptions, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. Also quarterback Derek Carr, 259 yards passing and two touchdowns. Quarterback Josh Jacobs, 67 yards rushing in that game. And again, this team started off with the lead seven, up 17-0 and then just collapsed in that game. Devontae Adams started off this game crazy, just could not do anything. Derek Carr just could not find targets anymore. It was just a very weird finish for the Jag uh, Raiders. And then again, the third time this year they've lost by leading, well, leading by more than 17, which ties an NFL record. So some things need to get figured out for this Raiders team. And this could be a good game to do it because the Indianapolis Colts are trying to figure some things out themselves. I am actually going to go with the Raiders to win this game at home. Yes, it's going to mess up the Jeff Saturday parade, I, and which is <laughs> something I don't know what to expect in that game at all from the Indianapolis Colts. And that is why I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders in this one. I think they just got too many weapons. I think the Colts are going to struggle against this team a little bit. 
Yeah, if Jester can somehow pull it out, I give more credit to him on this one. But coming into this week with them firing their head coach and all the changes going on with this team right now, I am going to go with the Raiders in this one, and I think they will beat the Indianapolis Colts. Next, we have the two of the most popular teams in the NFL going against each other as the Dallas Cowboys take on the Green Bay Packers. Dallas Cowboys come in this game off a of bye week, a record of 6-2. and two. Uh, they, they look at the top players in their team so far this year as their leading quarterback right now was, of course, Cooper Rush, who played for the majority of the season. Certainly this year has 1,020 yards, five touchdowns, and three interceptions, which was tied for fifth in the NFL. Quarterback Dak Prescott, now the starting quarterback for the team after coming back from his injury with his finger. He has a total of 591 yards passing this year, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Running back Tony Pollard leading the rush backfield with 506 yards, five touchdowns, which is tied for 10th in the NFL. And also 6.2 yards per carry, which is fourth in the NFL. So Paul are looking really good in the backfield right now for the Cowboys. Zeke Elliott close behind him, who was out last week. He had 443 yards rushing and four touchdowns so far this year. So we'll see if they will be able to work together on that one. Also, linebacker Mika Parsons leading the defense right now. Eight sacks, which is fifth in the NFL. And two fumbles, fourth, which is tied for fifth in the NFL. So Mika Parsons, who I mentioned, is in the running for defensive player of the year right now. Uh, a lot of people say it's between him and Judon right now. But again, Parsons continuing to have a great defensive year after his great performance last season. And we'll take a look at both sides of the ball for this Cowboys team. Offense not looking too great. 322 yards per game with 22nd in the NFL, 191 passing yards, which is 25th in the NFL, 131 rushing yards, which is 11th in the NFL, and 23 points per game, 14th in the NFL. Again, Dak Prescott maybe still trying to get used to some things right now with Cooper Rush, that quarterback, they were trying to be safe. So the offense not looking too much of a fire system at this point, but luckily they had a great defense to help them out so far this year as they had 313 yards per game on Allowed on defense, which is 10th in the NFL, 178 passing yards, which is 4th in the NFL, and 135 rushing yards, which is 24th in the NFL, and 17 points per game only allowed, which is 3rd in the NFL. So, again, this defense is looking very, very good to begin the year. And turnovers are also a big factor why they're winning their games, as they're plus 6 in the turnover ratio, which is 3rd in the NFL. 13 turnovers on defense, uh, takeaways on defense, and 7 turnovers on offense. So again, this Dallas team continuing to look good as the season goes along here to see if they'll catch up to the Philadelphia Eagles by the end of the year. As for the Green Bay Packers, they continue to struggle as they lose to the Lions last week, 15-9. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, 291 yards passing, one touchdown, and three interceptions in that game. Also ran for 40 yards, and two of those interceptions in the red zone. That's the first time in his career he's thrown two interceptions in the red zone. So, a big Big, big loss for the Rodgers in that game as he just struggled all around with that Lions defense, which is one of the worst defenses in the NFL, which really surprised me in that one. Wide receiver Alan Lazard leading the way, four receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. And running back A.J. Dillon leading the way, rushing with 34 yards. And also in that game, they ended up losing Romeo uh, Dobbs in an injury in that one. He's going to be out for a little while with his injury. And also on the defensive side, they lost Rashad Gary, who's going to be out for the season with a torn ACL. So a couple of big losses for this Green Bay Packers team and a team that just keeps on struggling week in and week out. Seem to lose more and more players each week as well. is a big issue for this Green Bay team. But in this one, if the only thing that's going on with the Green Bay right now, it's hard to pick them to go get, beat this Dallas Cowboys team. I'm easily going with the Cowboys in this one. I think this could be a 10-point win for the Cowboys. Packers just continue to struggle every single game, it seems like, and the Cowboys are going to take advantage of that in this one, I think, as well. I had the Cowboys winning this one in Green Bay pretty convincingly and moving to 7-2 on the season. 
Next, we have a battle in the NFC West. Is a three and six Arizona Cardinals take on the three and five Los Angeles Rams. Both these teams are going to turn around their season in this one as the Arizona Cardinals last week losing the Seahawks 31 to 21. Quarterback Kyler Murray 175 yards passing that one, two touchdowns, but was sacked five times in that game. Also had 60 rushing yards and a fumble loss in the game as well. Wide receiver Rondale, Rondale Moore with eight receptions for 69 yards. And tight end Zach Ertz and wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins each had a touchdown in the game as well. Also linebacker uh, Zeran uh, Collins with three, 30, a 30-yard 30 interception return for a touchdown. As the Cardinals continue to struggle, uh, just seems like Kyler Murray cannot get the ball off where he needs to so far this year. As he's continuing to struggle even with DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup. And this team has traded for quite a few players to try to help out this offense, but it has not been working out so far this year. So we'll see if the Cardinals can kind of get things rolling here as they get ready to go against a struggling Rams team who lost to the Buccaneers last week, 16-13. to Wide receiver Cooper Cup, the only offensive weapon on this team right now. Eight receptions for 127 yards and one touchdown. I don't know if you guys understood that. 127 yards and a touchdown. Quarterback Matthew Stafford in this game struggled as well. 13 for 27 in the game, throwing 165 yards passing. One touchdown and was sacked four times in the game as well. So again, Stafford feeling a lot of pressure in that backfield and was throwing the ball a little bit, maybe too much away at times. And that was what cost his team in this one. Did not turn the ball over, which is a key thing for Stafford, which he's been doing a lot this year. So that's at least a positive note for the Rams. But could not get anything going in that game on offense as well. But running back Darrell Henderson Jr. did not do too much as well on offense. He did have 56 yards of rushing. But again, this Rams offense continues to struggle. They are not doing what they need to do. And that has been an issue why this team has been losing week in and week out. Now in division matchup with the Cardinals, who have also been struggling. This could be an interesting one to see uh, at the end, but I am going to go with the Rams in this one because they are home. I think that is going to be a key factor in this one, even though there's usually a lot more of the other fan base there than the Rams fan base. So I wouldn't be surprised there's a lot of Cardinals, more Cardinals fans than Rams fans at this game. Uh, could be an interesting one. I think this will be a very, very close one at the very end, but I'm going to go with the Rams winning this one in a very close margin. I think this should be a fun matchup to watch, but again, I'll have the Rams winning this battle. The Rams get back to their winning ways as they'll move to five, 4 and 5 on the season. Now let's head to Sunday Night Football where the Los Angeles Chargers at 5 and 3 will take on the San Francisco 49ers at 4 and 4. A battle of California. The Chargers beat the Falcons last week 20 to 17. Quarterback Justin Herbert, 245 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Wide receiver Joshua Palmer, eight receptions for 106 yards in that game. Wide receiver DeAndre Carter with five receptions, 53 yards. And running back Austin Eckler, 47 yards rushing in that game. Had one receiving touchdown, but did lose a fumble as well. But again, the Chargers sneaking away with a win in this one. That seems like it's been a key thing for them throughout this year. They've been in close games, and they were either able to get win the game or did not win it. It's been a back-and-forth battle between them, but they do pick up a big win in this one. A much-needed win for them against the Falcons to try to keep up with those Chiefs. Uh, in their division race. And this will be a big key game for both these teams. I'm trying to stay in the division race for uh, these guys. Both these teams finished right now currently second in their division. But the Chargers are now in a tough test against the Chargers 49ers who are on bye last week. We'll go over their bye stats uh, so far this year. Their stats. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo currently leading the, as quarterback for 1,691 yards. 11 touchdowns and four interceptions was tied for ninth in the NFL with the least. Wide receiver Demo Samuel is currently the leading rusher on the team with 338 yards. That is because Jeff Wilson was our leading rusher with 468 yards coming into this week. But of course, the Niners traded for Christian McCaffrey, which they sent away Jeff Wilson with that as well. 
McCaffrey so far with the Niners, 132 yards rushing, one touchdown, 10 receptions, 79 yards, one touchdown receiving as well as in two games. Also, he has a passing touchdown as well, which will be fun to mention. But Christian McCaffrey being a big factor on this Niners offense so far in his two games with the team. Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk leading the receiving with 38 receptions, 483 yards, and four touchdowns of the season. Also, defense end Nick Bosa looks good on defense. Eight and a half sacks so far this year, which is tied for second in the NFL. So, continuing to look strong for that Charger, uh, 49ers defense. As we take a look at the stats so far this year for this team, they've looked pretty good stat-wise all around. As they have 257 yards per game, which is 12th. I think that should be, maybe I'm thinking that should be 300. Oh, maybe 200, right? 12th in the NFL, either way, 257 yards per game. Yeah, that should be, I think that should be 300 yards per game. 357 yards per game. I think I had a typo there. So, we'll say 357 yards per game, which is 12th in the NFL. 237 passing yards a game, which is 11th. 119 rushing yards, which is 15th, and 22 points per game, which is 19th total in the NFL. So they are, even though they're getting yards, they are not scoring, which I think is a big factor why they have four losses on the season. We'll go over the other reason why here in a second. But defensive-wise, they have looked absolutely incredible. They are first in yards allowed per game with 286, eighth in passing yards with 199, first in rushing yards with 87, and sixth in points per game with 18. The key issue is their turnover ratio. They are negative three. They have 12 turnovers on offense, nine takeaways on defense. So, again, turnovers can cost you games. That is when what's happening with the 49ers team. So, now two teams in the California are going to be going head-to-head in this one. We'll see if San Francisco will have the advantage in this one. I think they will. I think the Niners will win this game. We have Jimmy Garoppolo, Devil Samuel. We'll see if he is healthy enough to go this week. But I think he will be after taking a couple weeks off. Christian McCaffrey getting ready to go in this one as well as he's getting up to full gear for this Niners team. So many weapons on this Niners offense. It's going to be hard for this Chargers team to stop. And I think that's going to be the key challenge for this Niners team. But I think the Niners win this one on Sunday Night Football. And they will pick up the win and move to 5-4 and four on the season. And then we'll wrap up with Monday Night Football. A battle of the NFC East where the Washington Commanders at 4-5 will take on the Philadelphia Eagles at 8-0. Last week, Washington lost to the Vikings 20-17. Quarterback... Tyler Henneke, 149 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. Wide receiver Kirby Sanos leading receiving with three receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin, five receptions for 56 yards in the game. Running back uh, Brandon Robinson Jr. with 44 yards rushing. And wide receiver Dax uh, Mill, Millen with one touchdown in the game as well. So Washington was able to continue, uh, stay with, I should say, the Minnesota Vikings, but were not able to hang out at the very end where the Vikings would take the lead late in that one and win that one. So again, Commanders are playing a lot better with Tyler Henneke under center. So we'll see if they will continue that one against their division rival, the Eagles, who beat the Texans last week 29-17. Quarterback Jalen Hurts, my pick for MVP currently right now when this game was 21 for 27. 243 yards passing, two touchdowns, but he was sacked four times in that game and did lose a fumble in that game as well. Tight end Dallas got it with the big game, eight receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Running back Miles Sanders with 93 yards rushing and a touchdown in the game as well. Wide receiver A.J. Brown, four receptions, 59 yards and a touchdown. Running back Kenneth Gainwell with a touchdown as well. And defensive tackle Javon Hargrave with three sacks in this game. I believe a pair of sacks last week as well. So again, one of those players having back-to-back big weeks on defense. But the Eagles keep on rolling. They remain undefeated on the season. As now they get ready to take on division rival. And in my guess, this is going to be a very, very close game. This game is going to come down to the wire, in my opinion. I think Washington's going to give the Eagles some trouble in this one. I think this will come down to the end. But, keyword, but, I think I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. I think the Eagles just have, again, a lot of weapons in this team. Yes, the Washingtons are looking better and better in each week. And that is why I think they're going to give the Eagles a challenge in this one. 
I think this will be a fun game to watch on Monday Night Football, but I am going to go with the Eagles edging out Washington only because of their home. I think if Washington was home in this game, I think I'd go with Washington to win this. But I am going to go with the Eagles beating the Commanders by the slimmest of margins at the end of the game as the Eagles will roll on in this one and go to 9-0 on the season. But again, that is all the news that I talked about so far here today. Again, exciting week in the NFL. We are halfway through the season, which is crazy to think about. But a lot of great action ready for this week. A lot of great things to happen. We'll see what happens here in week 10. I think I've been talking long enough. I'm going to an hour and 15 minutes here. So we'll try to wrap this one up quickly. So that is all the football I have to talk about here at all today. Thank you guys for tuning with me. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D. T-A-L-K. Either you can message me questions or talk to something here on the show. You can retweet with me during the events. Again, uh, in the comments below, try to uh, comment the, who you think should be MVP, Office Player, Defense Player, all those awards I talked about. If there's anything different than I think or if you agree with me, let me know in the comments below. I want to hear, hear what you guys have to say, of course. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. Um, again, you can find those on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, and all the other major platforms out there. Also, an update on all the episodes that are going to come out this week. Uh, I was supposed to do NXT tonight, but I ran out of time here, so I'll be doing NXT, WWE's NXT, and AEW's Dynamite reviews of those shows uh, tomorrow on Thursday, so keep listening on those ones. And I usually do a SmackDown episode, but I'm not going to be doing that Saturday because I'll be out of town. So I will try to add the SmackDown stuff, a little bit of the SmackDown stuff, into Tuesday's episode of Monday Night Raw, which we're going over that show. We'll talk about that. And then on Tuesday, we'll talk about sports as well. So we'll go to over the top games in the NFL from Week 10. Go over the top games of college football. Talk about the NBA a little bit. Talk about whatever else is happening in sports. Again, the World Cup coming up here soon as well. So maybe we'll mention a little bit of that as well in that show. But again, a lot of great things happening in sports here coming up this month. So make sure you keep an eye on when these podcasts are released by hitting that subscribe or follow button. But once again, I'm your host, Cole Martins. Thank you guys for listening with me here. And you guys all have a great day.